Momming today with Misty Phillip, the founder of Spark Media and the host of By His Grace podcast. Misty's also a wife and a mom of three, and I have three topics I want to discuss right now. The slap, Will Smith, on Chris Rock that everybody's talking about at the Oscars. Uh, What's going on in Florida with this new gender and sexual identity law? Can't talk about it in schools. And how we can talk to our children about what's going on in Russia, because, Misty, I have, and I might not have done it the right way, so you can help correct me. Uh, but, But let's start with the slap. I mean... I thought when I was watching that, I thought that was part of the production. It was so wild. I know that's my husband said the same thing. Are there actors? Was this staged? You know, we couldn't really tell at first as we were watching it. But it was not staged. (laughs) At least we don't think it was. And it was, you know, uh, Chris Rock made a joke about Will Smith's wife, Jada Pinkett Smith, called her G.I. Jane, who is a buff, bald woman in that movie. Um, And we later found out, or I should say he later found out, reports say he didn't know, that um, Jada has alopecia and she's been working through it. It's been tough. But Misty, you can relate to that. I absolutely can. I've been struggling with hair loss for several years. And as a woman in media, I know how important it is to look our best, to feel our best. But I think Jada really missed out on an opportunity that night to let the spotlight be on her husband. She could have just laughed it off. She could have like made a muscle like I'm G.I. Jet. You know, there's a lot of ways that she could have handled it that maybe would not have provoked because we saw will laughing at one moment and then the next moment we saw him you know react in anger and um and then came back to his seat and at that moment all the world is watching and he starts cursing and such an unbecoming way to handle himself on a night that should have been just a glorious evening for him he's a father his kids were there some kids were watching what do you say to them? Yeah, I I just think that it was completely inappropriate. We can't tell our kids, you need to use your words and respond with your words and not lash out in violence towards people. I would also say, I hope that he's held accountable for his actions because just saying I'm sorry after the fact doesn't really absolve him. We need to teach our kids that we're accountable for not only our words, but our actions. And in that moment, his words didn't line up with his actions because he said, love will make you do crazy things. But love, that's not what love is. Love is patient and kind and gentle. And so I think that he really missed an opportunity to to really be loving in, in his response. So it's almost like an I'm sorry, not sorry kind of kind of thing. And then his son's response that was taken down, he tweeted, uh, this is how we do it. I, that's just not a message you want to send your kids and then have your kids have that reaction. As if they're protecting their mom, they're standing up for their mom. Yeah, but it also just shows a lack of of respect. And I think sometimes in in Hollywood, um, you know, people are are puffed up and prideful. And that to me, even from their child, was just such a prideful response as opposed to um, it should have been a really sad moment for them to see their dad in in that light. Is that because of the Hollywood culture that has enabled them to be propped up? 
I believe so. I think it's very narcissistic and, you know, they can virtue signal until, you know, the spotlight is turned on them and their pride has been harmed. And then they lash out and then a PR person says, you know, you need to, um, to cover this up. You need to apologize. But, you know, he could have apologized that night. There's so many different ways that Will could have handled it. Knowing that everyone after the Oscars gets interviewed, he could have said, you know, Chris Rock really upset me and he dishonored my wife this evening and he needs to apologize. She is struggling with alopecia and you know, he could have had the opportunity instead of lashing out in anger, he could have used his words to defuse the situation. But but does Chris Rock need to apologize for, for making a joke because he's a comedian and comedians no, do I, that. And sometimes yeah. they're insulting. Sometimes that's funny and sometimes it's hurtful. I think Chris Rock actually handled himself really well. He was full of grace because he was stunned. And I'm, I'm sure there were a lot of things that went through his mind that he could have said, he could have retaliated, but instead he chose to kind of like make a joke of it and say, well, that's the best night in television. So I think he handled himself with grace. I think Will is the one that needs to apologize and not to, not just to the Academy or to America, but he needs to ask. Chris for forgiveness. Wow. But what about Jada in all this? I mean, he doesn't she need to say something? You know, I think I think she does. I think that she had the opportunity. Like I said, she could have sloughed it off. She could have understood. It's a joke, right? Sometimes jokes are offensive, but by her getting upset about it, it triggered her husband to then have a response. I think she could have just laughed it off. I just... I, it, so it's been utter silence, I think, from her part. I, I haven't heard of any response from her. And, I, you know, she, she has this, like, uh, social media show that she does with her daughter, Willow, and her mom. I don't know if she's waiting to put her response on the show for publicity. I just, I, you know, I, I just don't, under, I don't understand how I haven't heard from her. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. You know, as as a wife and a mom, that night for, for Jada, that was about her husband. She should have been honoring to her husband, shined the spotlight on him, not detracted from that. And and that example that Will was to, to his kids wasn't good, but also to all of America who was watching and people around the world. Yeah. No, I, I hear you. Um, we'll move on from the slapper around the world when we're momming today. <laughs> <laughs> continues right after this. And we're back on We're Momming Today. Misty Phillip is back with us. Um, I made the mistake, Misty. Well, I, I don't want to call it a mistake. And, and this is how it all started. Um, <laughs> we were eating chicken cutlets for dinner. And my daughter took like the biggest, thickest chicken cutlets out of, out of you know, the, the serving plate. And then a little bit of her water fell in the chicken cutlet and she pushes her dish aside. She's six. And she says, that's it. I, I want a new one. My husband and I look at her like you can cut off the piece that got wet, but we're not throwing away food. There's a whole plate. I want another one. And we said, no, I mean, there's children in Europe, in a country called Europe right now that are your age and they don't have food to eat right now. It came out of our mouths. And then the questions came pouring in and, you know, we did our best to answer them. And then every day when I got home from work, she knows I work, you know what I do. Uh, she asked about President Putin and if the Russian people and the Ukrainian people were OK and the latest in the war. 
And then a few days go by, and I was I was gentle in all of my answers. And and Missy, she said she can't sleep at night. She's having nightmares about President Putin. And every time her daddy travels for work, she wants to know if it's near Russia. Mm. So I said to myself, I'm glad I brought it up with her, but maybe I should have had a different approach. What is the best approach with young children and teaching them about current events? Yeah, I think that we have an opportunity to dispel their fears because um, the humanitarian crisis that that is happening in the Ukraine and the war with Russia is tragic and it is terrible. But at the same time, we don't have um, we don't always have peace. Um when we have problems, right? But we we can, I guess what I'm trying to say is we can have peace even though there are problems in the world. There are all kinds of struggles in this world, but we have to face them with faith and we can teach our kids to pray and to understand that um, we can be at peace even in the midst of, of huge trials and struggles. Yeah, I said, you know, you're lucky, hon. We live in the United States of America. We get to vote for our president. Um, we we have food available to us. We don't, you know, but but other, you know, other countries that's not the case. And you know, they, I just it's the questions and the questions. And they're so their minds are sponges and they're so innocent. And you know, they're they're hearing and in some cases seeing images of you know half of Ukraine's children have been displaced because of the war. And, you know, mommy, why do they have backpacks on them? That's everything they have now in the world. You know, why are they sleeping on, you know, a cot? Because that's their new home until they find a new one. And I was trying to channel all of it to just make her appreciate everything that she has, be grateful for it, and maybe figure out ways to help others. But maybe maybe six is too young. <laughs> no. Great approach to, I mean, number one, you can teach her to pray for them can be done in terms of um, donating uh, relief efforts. So I think that you're absolutely right to dispel her fears and then also have that heart of gratitude because we're not in that situation, but to pray for those who are in that situation. Yeah. Yeah. Keep just, I don't know, keep them in our thoughts. It's, it's just such a try. There are no words to describe what continues to happen. It's, it's five weeks now. And, and when you, you know, you hear 4 million refugees, of course, that number still grows. But when you hear that it's half of the children in Ukraine, you're, you just, you feel terrible. Um, the last topic is what is being dubbed the Don't Say Gay Bill, but it is the Florida's Parental Rights and Education Bill. Um, and I've, 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 I've been looking at this in, in several ways, you know. Well, I'll, I'll let you exp- explain exactly what it is, but essentially for kindergartners to third graders in Florida, um, the teacher can't discuss or teach gender or sexual identity and orientation. Um, I've, I've, let, you know what? Give me your thoughts and then I'll chime in here. Yeah, what I was going to say is what's happening in Florida is a parental rights issue. Um, And that issue is to protect young children um, from learning about gender identity and sexuality in the school system. 
Conversations about gender and identity are the right and the privilege of a parent, not a school. The responsibility of the school is to educate the children in math and science and literature, not pushing a political ideology or a worldview, especially something as sensitive as sexual Um, sexuality and sexual identity. Frankly, this is the reason why I homeschooled my boys so that I could impart my values on them and not have someone else's agenda being taught to the kids. I think those are protected years. I mean, four, five, six, seven, eight years old. They don't they don't even know. Maybe some of them do. But boy, girl, I think it's all whatever to them at that age. But my Where I'm failing to understand, and maybe you can answer, is if let's say a six-year-old has gay parents and they bring in a picture of their family to show and tell with the class, how would the teacher address, like how, how would that go down? How would the teacher address that? You know, that's an interesting question. And, um, you know, I think that addressing that is 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 one thing, but I think there is an agenda that is trying to normalize sexual behavior that is is not normal, and that one percent or a very small percentage of the country is trying to overarching um, make their beliefs um, mainstream. Yeah, mainstream, where that's not the normal. That is very abnormal. And so I, um, that's, that's how I feel about it. If, for parents who can sense that their kids might be struggling with their um, gender identity, how do you think they feel about this? Yeah, you know, I know I have some friends who have some kids who struggle with gender identity, and I know that it is a battle for them, and they approach the topic um, with love and compassion for their children. Um, But I think that this um, idea of this gender fluidity and, um, and, and being gay and all of that from the time that I was young and I was in school, um, to where we are now, which has been a very long time, I will say, but the, the left agenda to normalize it has been such a push that I think there's a lot of kids who maybe are curious and don't really understand. Um, but I know the parents that are dealing with it, they, they try to just love their kids. Yeah. It's the parent's job. Yeah. Yeah. No. What happens if a boy says, mom, I want to be called them. Would the teacher have to call them them? I don't even know what to do with that. You know, all of these things confuse me. Um, I keep asking my husband, well, how can you be a them? I mean, I when I learned my pronouns in school, you know, I am I and you are you. So I don't get this he, she, the, they, them that I don't understand. Um, I think that they are trying to take you know, I never thought that gender identity would be the the battle that parents would have to face. Um, as a believer in the Bible, it says in the beginning, God created man and woman. And as far as I'm concerned, there that's all there is. And so I don't even know what to do with a them. Have you watched the, uh, the, the new the remake of Sex and the City? And just like that? I have not. You, okay, Missy, you need to watch it. 
<laughs> people have been critical of it, but it's um, just watch it. They tackle all of these issues, and at some points, they're the you know the, the actors act confused by the new social norms that they're encountering. But it, it made me chuckle because I said, "Oh, but I, I'd be confused in parts of of the show, in parts of the series, because I was like, the, who are they talking about? Oh, them is that woman." <laughs> You know, I'm, I'm them. I'm thinking of a group of people that I'm expected to be seeing, but no, Miranda's talking about her girlfriend who wants to be called them. So yeah, it, I don't. It, I, my it, mind, I can't even wrap my mind around. But it. I'm just thinking, what happens when my kids come home and my son says, "Oh, so and so was wearing girl clothes," and you know, we have to call. Mikey's name is now Michelle. I, like I have to address that as a parent, and I want to do so in a sympathetic way. I mean, the rules are being rewritten as we speak, and I'm not sure anybody has the answer. Except, I mean, the answer in Florida is just don't talk about it until they're eight. Yeah, I think more of what's happening in Florida is really about protecting the innocence of children and allowing parents to determine what they say when they want to say something to their children about what is happening with gender identity. And so I think that that is an individual response. Um, Each parent has has the right and the privilege to be able to share what they teach their kids about sex and when. Mm-hmm. For me, I didn't teach my boys about sex until they were much older. Because what age did you I, did you do, Misty? Yeah, we tried to keep our boys pure. And so it wasn't until they were um, entering into junior high when we knew that we needed to have those conversations with them. They were middle school to junior high because at a very young age, their minds can't even understand what's happening but as their bodies start to change um, then that's the time that we would have those conversations and for us we would address them from a a standpoint of of purity and we would talk about um, sex in terms of marriage and what a beautiful amazing thing that it was but that that was not something for us to to focus on or dwell on until we were in a position to become married. It's interesting you said junior highs when you introduced sex when you were homeschooling your your children because in Florida I think the sex ed ta- starts in 6th grade. So it's, you know, moving it up and and having it be discussed in those formative early years is is kind of crazy. My 6-year-old came home the other day. She's a cheerleader and she told me she wanted to play football. I said, "Okay." Sure. We'll we'll talk about it later. Figured she absolutely loves cheerleading. Could imagine her wanting to play football. But I thought it was kind of cool. You want to play with the boys? You know, that's a tough sport. Whatever. Figured she'd forget about it. A couple of days pass. Mom, what about football? Did you sign me up? I said, well, honey, I I just want you to know if I sign you up for football, you can't be a cheerleader because you can't cheer for the sport that you're playing. She's like, oh, okay. Let me think about it. Okay. Then she asked me again. I said, I'm going to talk to your father only because if she wants to play football. If they let her play football, I'll let her play football. But I was like, I don't really want her physically playing football because she could get hurt. Anyway, this song and dance went on for maybe a month. And then finally, I, br- I brought it up the other day because she had. And I said, hey, am I putting you on the football team or the cheerleading team next year? Oh, yeah, I want to be a cheerleader, mom. <laughs> she forgot all about it. She forgot all about it. Like, I, she, I don't think she understands. She doesn't understand. She just was like, oh, I like sports that involve balls, and I also like cheerleading, but I guess if I have to pick, I'll pick my friends. I think they're so, at that age, they don't understand what's going on. I would agree with you completely. They're too young to really grasp um, what's happening. 
yeah, I don't know. But she had us she had us rolling on the floor. I'm like, oh, she's going to be only, I didn't even know if she'd be allowed to play. I could just imagine that conversation with the coach. Hey, that cheerleader wants to play football. What do you say? I have no idea what they would even say. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was rad of her. I was like, okay, you're strong. But anyway, here we are. We'll be in a cheerleading uniform again. They're fun. I'll say that. Having three kids, as you know, is a never a dull moment or a personal uh, moment. Never, You uh, never have free time. Absolutely right. Yeah. Juggling the kids and all of their things is, is definitely a challenge, but such an honor and a privilege to be able to, um, you know, raise and instruct um, a future generation. Yep. That's what we're doing each and every day. Thank you for momming with us today, Misty. Thank you so much. This has been so fun. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.